The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk and Built by Nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and Facebook. And get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it's Texas Football Today, a show you just can't quit. My name is Greg Tepper. That was directed at Max, by the way. <laughs> I'm the managing editor of Dave oh, Campbell's Texas quit. Football. Don't worry. Magazine, TexasFootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at TexasFootball.com or on Facebook, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. We don't tell you where to listen to your podcasts. Either way, thank you for doing your part. Support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there, celebrating the big 6-0. Ah, yes. 60 years old. Do you know who I'm going with? No. Happy birthday to Morrissey. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Happy birthday, Morrissey. Tepper, Tepper. It, it was really nothing. Oh, uh, no. There you go. Um, uh, first fourth of the door. Sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry. Guy Frazier. Who hung out with us yesterday. I was going to bring that up. Yeah, Guy Frazier, first four through the door. He's here. Uh, we need more TFTers to come hang out with us. Did I say that out loud? Probably yeah, what a, whoa, what a reversal of fortune. Don't do it in May. Ba- he's, the, he's the only exception we're a making. A baby face turn for yeah. Max Thompson. Yeah, the, uh, that was the – that how, how rare is it uh, – you know, you know we're busy yeah. if uh, we have to rush someone out the door because we have a meeting. Yeah. yeah. If you come in May, that's going to happen. But it was great to catch up with Guy. Uh, Matt McSpadden, Tony Blaylock, and Will Boyles. What's up, y'all? Uh, today is Wednesday, May 22nd, 2019. 190 days till Thanksgiving. Episode 759. 759. Don Durham's ERA in his illustrious Texas Rangers career. 40 and a third innings pitched in 1973. That's where we've gotten okay. at this point with this bit, guys. Yeah. But I have to admit, we've had this bit going for 759 up. Ep- really? We probably started this on like episode 98. Right? Because we were doing Rangers yeah, numbers, and then remember. we very quickly ran out of that, and now we're at episode 759. I've tried to forget about as much as I because can about this show. Because I'm working in my tomb. <laughs> um, on today's show, guys, Powers is here. We're going to talk recruiting, and then back half of the show, we've got interviews with South Lake Carroll head coach Riley Dodge, perhaps you've heard of him, and the Colony head coach Rudy Rangel, coming off of a very good year for the Cougars. We'll, come, we'll talk with both of them coming up here in the back half of the show. Yes. Um, we did have um, our friend Guy Frazier come uh-huh, by, uh-huh. Um, chatted him up. And normally, it's funny, I mentioned to him that um, that he said, oh, yeah, you know, because he works with those those uh, the fine folks over there at Friday Night Stars. And um, he said, yeah, I'm kind of the resident nerd. Like, I went to 60 games last year or something like that. Yeah. And I told him, I said, man, there are, there are a few places in the world – where like you are embraced for that, yeah. but you are standing in the epicenter of yeah. one. Yeah. Like we're like, yes, absolutely, nice my work. kind of guy. Nice work. Uh, Sixty. How many games you go to last year, Powers? Ooh, last year was my lowest year of game attendance in the last ten years, at least, and I probably did thirty. Yeah. See. Yeah. See, and that's 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 what you're dealing with here. That's the curve that you're grading on here. Thirty is thirty is bad. Thirty is like, ooh boy, I was off my game this year. Yeah. Now I don't uh, as fifties the two years prior, but I have a kid and I have a kid yeah. that's playing high school ball now. Yeah, so. you yeah. have to. Yeah, you're kind of spoken for. Yeah. The that as we've mentioned before, I'm kind of 
like I, I don't get to go to a ton of games unfortunately yeah. I just get to watch all of them yeah which is fun but it's yeah. still you not know uh, yeah it's not the same so really I have the probably the lowest number of anyone oh yeah on the editorial yeah. staff with yeah. the exception of Shahan who's not yeah. a call you make guy. a steady appearance for the meal at Mesquite I think I see you there at least once a year once a year <laughs> well yeah well they I mean they always have a very good playoff game which is why I'm that's there. why yeah it's a really good playoff game and definitely not because the fajita bar is amazing or whatever it is i'll give day. you a tip you yeah. ready for the mesquite mm-hmm. tip oh okay so go when it go when it's not a mesquite game so you can sit there and talk trash with fleener in the end zone because that's my favorite part <laughs> <laughs> so we all know about the great enchilada spread yes that they have it is. right it's very good okay so if you go up one level they have a fajita spread that's unattended all you have to do is I, walk up, want fajitas, only time steak I've, or chicken, unattended fajitas, one level up, <laughs> the rogue only, fajitas. The only time I've ever been there was when there were fajitas, so I don't. Mm. I can only speak to the fact that they were there and I had them. The um, I I I I always have a, a, a fond place in my heart for Waco ISD Stadium because oh, of the Bush's yeah, the chicken. Bush's chicken. They got all you can eat Bush's chicken, which is very good, and the world's most over the top patriotic pregame show. <laughs> <laughs> They have a they have a video board that does like this really like long patriotic um, yeah. pregame. It's not just the national anthem. No. It's like a no. whole video. Yeah. Including, the state of Texas anthem. Yes, is they also observe Texas anthem. They they play the they play the boot in your ass song. There is nobody on earth as patriotic as Waco ISD Stadium. You can and they look want up. You to know, and you can look up yeah. and and if you catch it right at the moment. Like the twin towers are on that video board. They're they're on that video board and <laughs> and I'm, like, and I'm like it's the only place I didn't even know the Texas anthem existed. No yeah, I'm, I mean like you I feel like a bad Texan, but yeah, it's true. You had to have grown up here like you, I'm sure, to have been like some education in school, maybe. I don't know. But there's I know an there's anthem a, for Texas. I know there's a Texas pledge, because yeah. we had to do that. Yeah. But we didn't have to do the Texas anthem, which but yeah. that was the first time. Anyway. <laughs> it's good to see you, Guy Frazier. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm Greg Tepper. That's Greg Powers, and this is This Week in Cruton. Greg Powers is here from Next Level Athlete. Follow him on Twitter, Twitter at G Powers Scout, and follow Next Level Athlete on Twitter at NextLevelD1. And, of course, see all your fine work at TexasFootball.com slash recruiting. What's up, Cruton fans? Which is where you can find this week's dump. The dump. The, dump. the, uh, the May 22nd uh, te- recruiting dump. Uh, is up a lot of news and notes from around the state. We're going to start with our prospect on the rise uh, down to the uh, the Houston area. Cyridge, it's defensive back Javon Debon. Javon Debon. Javon Debon. This is a guy who picked up an SEC offer from Mizzou uh, this week, uh, which is kind of joining a fair amount of a lot of non-power five offers. Myriad would be a f- myriad of a myriad of of uh, group of five offers. He's got offers from like Houston, some big hitters there. Right. You know, Houston, uh, North Texas is in there as well. Uh, but this feels like a big one, and I know this is the guy who impressed you at the at the t- next level athlete top one hundred showcase. Well, he's one of those guys who was kind of under the radar a little bit. He's a move in from Louisiana to Texas, and um, not a lot of people knew about him early on in the recruiting process but he's a long and rangy defensive back who can come up and lay the wood but uh, also has the ability to cover a little bit too and I just think as schools have had the opportunity to see his length in person that's really helped his offer list and you know Missouri's been no stranger to extending prospects in Texas their first power five or SEC offer uh, Mm -hmm. this year they've really turned up the heat uh, recruiting the state and 
I think they really need to live in Texas if they want to be successful in that conference. I mean, this is a state that they need to – they need to do well in. They need to be able to recruit Missouri, dip into Kansas, Oklahoma, and Arkansas at times when needed, go into Illinois and, and poach some of their top recruits. But a large majority of that roster needs to be Texas-based. That's just my opinion. No, I think you're exactly right. And actually, I'm, I, I can look this up because I have something for the magazine. But um, one of the things is that Missouri just does not put out a ton, a ton-ton of of prospects. They, they, they About just, 20. Yeah. They, um, you know, they, they put out, yeah, let's see, last year – they put out this, the state of Missouri, put out a grand total of uh, thirty-seven high school kids. Thirty-seven. That, the, uh, as far as per capita is con- concerned, that ranks nineteenth in in, in the, about, the nation. I would say they're in the fifteen to twenty-five range every year, like P five, yeah. operable type of kids. Twenty-five, twenty to twenty-five is going to be like FBS. I mean, that's the thing is that basically we're talking about like the, we're basically talking about like the state of Oklahoma, right. where. Oklahoma every year puts about thirty kids into 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 FBS. Um, Missouri's about the same. Sometimes a little bit more, sometimes a little bit less. But you're right that if you don't have that home base, you have to find those hotbeds, and that's why you know that's why you have that's why Oklahoma State recruits so much in Texas is because they don't have a ton of kids to draw from from their home state. You've got to find that that secondary base. What's interesting though about that too, is I feel like Missouri is a state that's trended down in talent over the last five years, whereas Oklahoma is a state that's kind of on an upward trend. Mm-hmm. And I really chalk this up to the fact of the rules and regulations. Like a mm-hmm. state like Missouri has in place, it's much tougher to have off-season workouts there. Mm-hmm. Coaches are restricted about what they can do in the off-season. And uh, I think some of the Midwestern and Northern states are really going to have to adhere uh, to keep up with today's recruiting age they've put out a few big names the state of missouri i only speak i only say this because i'm actually pretty familiar with the situation they they put out a few big names they put out guys like um blaine gabbert and they right. put out guys like ezekiel elliott and they doriel put out green beckham doriel green beckham and they, they put out um jeremy macklin real big name guys like that but that like every once in a while they'll have that big five star but then it's just it's just it's just not a, a real fertile recruiting bed which is, i think is why you're seeing Mizzou, Mizzou come down uh, to Texas uh, let's move on to our commit of the week and this is a guy that folks got a chance to see in the state championship games uh, Fort Bend Marshall quarterback Malik Hornsby uh, 2020 kid uh, has uh, has made his commitment and he Mac Brown working his magic. Yep. Mac Brown has nabbed them for North Carolina. Uh, he has committed to North Carolina and, and picked him over. I mean, this is not a guy who was like, this is his only Power 5 offer. Right. He had offers from all over, and old Mac worked his magic. And I think Hornsby is a guy who could play another position if he wanted to, mm-hmm. but I think he was concentrating on schools that were going to give him a chance to play QB. So, And, I, and another interesting fact I find in this – commitment slash recruitment for North Carolina is it gives us an indication of what type of quarterback that Mac Brown wants to use in that offense there, mm-hmm. you know, and um, had a lot of success with the Vince Young at Texas. Mm-hmm. And I think Hornsby uh, is in that same vein. You know, he's a guy who can kill you with his ground game, um, but can develop as a passer as well. Yeah, he's got great arm strength. Right. I- I'm not sure he always knows where it's going, but um, but the arm strength is certainly there. He just he, there, There's a little bit of polish that needs to be done in the pa- passing game, but he is a finished product as a runner. There's no doubt he's a winner. Yeah, and he's a winner, absolutely. Uh, you saw that last year right. when, he, when he ended up becoming eligible kind of mid-season for them uh, after transferring. But, uh, but Malik Hornsby, a big, big get for, for North Carolina. Again, 
he had offers from A&M. He had offers from Texas. He had offers from Alabama, and he's choosing North Carolina. This is, you know, old Mac. He knows what he's doing, man. It's interesting. A very interesting recruitment, and we'll, we'll see if North Carolina continues to now put the gas pedal down in the state and, and try to recruit it because I don't, I don't think they've – they have a lot of players on their roster from the state. You know, Nathan Elliott went there. Yeah. Uh, I can't, and I can't remember anybody else off the top of my head that's going yeah. It's, to it's, they, from they just don't recruit a ton. So obviously, bringing in Mac Brown is going to going to open up some doors uh, for them. We're talking with Greg Powers, the next level athlete here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation hashtag TF Today. All right, let's go to our underclassman of the week, and we're talking about a sophomore a guy who just finished his freshman season uh, down in Austin. There are two schools spelled the same. <laughs> In El Paso, it's Del Valle, but this guy doesn't play in El Paso. He plays in Austin. Austin Del Valle, wide receiver Caleb Burton, uh, a sophomore. He is uh, he is rising. He's picked up some big-time offers, and you can see why. Uh, the numbers speak for themselves. as a freshman, 32 catches, 676 yards, and seven, six touchdowns. But the frame is really, really impressive. Well, and if you watch his tape, he doesn't play like a freshman. Yeah. You know, he put up good numbers last year, and he was a guy who we featured in the top 25 in, in Rising Magazine back in December before he had any of these offers. So, I mean, his talent was apparent on tape, uh, son of a coach, so mm-hmm. he understands the game, and you can see that when watching his highlights as well. Uh, as he grows and matures, I think he can be one of the top receivers in the state, mm-hmm. especially in his class, but people are already starting to take notice, and Del Valley, I think, is a school to really – Keep mm-hmm. an eye on. I think they're going to continue to, to re- crank out prospects. They have a few guys right now. Um, in in addition to uh, Burton, who is a guy. To I know. Keep an Dun- eye I on. know Dunlop. They're running back. Yeah, in the Dunlop. juniors getting a little bit of run. Um, they, they got you know they've got guys. I mean, uh, Chris Turner's defensive back. Turner, yeah, yeah, that's is, is really solid as well. And and they've got some dudes down there in the Austin area that I think it's that's at school easy to get lost in in the mix. Um, he's the son of uh, Coach Charles Burton. Um, so he's going to be in the mix. But the, the thing I like about Caleb Burton when you watch his film is that he's a guy who, if there's a crowd, he's not afraid to go up and get right. it. He's a guy who can make those plays in traffic. Good hands and concentration. Yes, absolutely. And they got a beautiful indoor stadium or indoor field, practice yeah. field down there now too. So uh, college coaches are going to love to stop by there on any rainy days. Uh, finally, let's get to our recruit of the week, and this is uh, after we're talking. We've been talking about a lot about commitments. We'll talk about a decommitment. Yep. Uh, Mainer running back Taj Brooks, the running back from uh, in class twenty twenty, has been committed to Tulsa for a long, long, long time, uh, nearly a year basically. Uh, but he uh, de- he decommitted. Um, and and basically said he wants to open it up, see what's going to happen. He's gotten a number of other offers since then, including some big time Power Five offers, uh, you know, like TCU, uh, like Arkansas, like yep. Tech. Um, he's got some big offers out there, uh, and so Taj Brooks, the Mainer running back, is is opening things up and uh, uh, a bit of a bowling ball here. He's a, he's he's a he's a bruising bruising runner. This is an interesting one for me on for a number of reasons. One. He decommitted from Tulsa exactly one year to the day that they extended him his very first scholarship offer, which is – I don't know if it was just – it it's happened coincidence, to work out. Yeah. yeah, coincidence that it happened to work out like that. So uh, May twenty May 15th, I would say, is, was, is a big day in the life of Taj Brooks. Picked mm-hmm. up his very first offer and made his decommitment on that day. Uh, but his offer list is spread out. I mean, I really don't know – 
what system fits this guy the best. When you look at him on the hoof, you're thinking, wow, this guy would be a great at uh, Wisconsin or, um, you know, in the SEC, that's the style of back he is. But he has really light feet for mm-hmm. a bigger back. And on the camp circuit, he's shown that he can catch the football really well and uh, showcases his ability to make moves in the open field. So I think he's a guy to uh, really watch closely because he could go to a Texas Tech mm-hmm. or he could go to a Wisconsin and mm-hmm. be successful. And you really don't know how it's going to play out. TCU, I mean, he can yeah. play at TCU. He, yeah, he, he would – He's a guy who can play a variety of different roles, and as a result, like the style of offense is almost like not. Obviously, it's a factor, but it's not right. as big of a factor for other guys. That there are some guys who, let's say, you're just a pure speed back, and you've got to be catching the ball out of the backfield. Well, then you're not going to play for Navy. You know what I mean? Like that's not going to be an, an offense suited for you. This is a guy who feels like he could fit in a variety of different offenses. And I think what Texas high school football has done recently has developed bigger backs uh, that can project into the spread offense. And, mm-hmm. and you can look no further than Oklahoma for mm-hmm. the Katy running backs that have went there and had success. And I think that uh, Taj Brooks is in that same style. Uh, he's a guy who can play in the spread, but he's a bigger back. He could take over for a guy like Shewo Alanalua at TCU and be successful. And those guys have had success in the Big 12. He's Greg Powers of Next Level Athlete. Oh, we have questions for Greg Powers okay. as usual. We always have a few recruiting questions, nice. and you're like, Greg's like, let's get him out of here. Let's get Powers out. <laughs> I want him to go. But actually, we got some good questions. Uh, the first one is, and I, actually, this is kind of a question for both of you. There's a question about the super team. Is it about projected success uh, in the coming season, or is it about prospects? And if I may, you, correct me if I'm wrong, Greg. It, it's both. It's who's the best player? Yeah, it's, right? it yeah. is. Um, I, you know the. Powers and I have talked about about this, about how obviously we want this to be guys who are going to project well at the next level because we feel like this is something people are going to go back and look at and be like, oh, hey, look, you know, we should have seen this coming. He was a super team quarterback or super team receiver. Um, but at the same time, you know, one of the things that, that I feel like we try to strike a balance between you're a great prospect, but you're also a great high school player because that matters as well. Right. Well, and let's make sure that we understand there's two super teams. Yes. Yeah. You know, there's the subway. Super they're they're team. talking about the magazine. Super yeah. The, team. Yeah. They're talking yeah, about the, the magazine talking. super yeah. team. The one that the one that we pick. The yeah, one right. not the fans pick. Yeah. Um. And and yeah. You know. Obviously, these are top prospects. Like you know. Um. Spoiler alert. But Zachary Evans, the running back at North Shore, <laughs> is going to <laughs> he's be, going on, to be one on the of, super team. He will be on one of the three super teams. Right. Okay. He'll be. A t- he's one of the top. I would say he's one of the top six running backs in the in the state. Um. Obviously, he is kind of that perfect blend of uh superstar recruit. And, and great prospect, he projects well to the next level, but also a guy who is a, a, a talented and prolif- uh, a productive high school player as well. And that matters to me as well. And I think your hottest debates every year for the super team always come down to quarterback. Yes. You know, because that's the toughest position. Because you have guys who have led their team to the state championship for the first time in X amount of years. Mm-hmm. You have guys who have led their team to their third straight Mm-hmm. state championship and you have guys who lost in the state championship game that play quarterback that have had heroic performances throughout the course of a season and how do you find spots for all those guys well i can just tell you there's a lot of thought put into it yeah uh, we get the assignment from dctf on the due date and then we take all the stuff we know about the 
prior year's performance and these players as recruits, and we had a big meeting about it uh, in Rockwall with the Next Level Athlete team to make sure that we can give Dave Campbell's the best super team possible. And then we still yeah, you got that. Then we turn it in and you, we vet the list out here. You've got pages. Sure. You got pages on your desk that you're right. the, of the super team that you're looking over, and you're like, okay, we, you know, maybe this here and this here. Like it's a, it's an evolving process until the 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 red light goes off on May 31st right. when we send this thing to press. So yeah, it's 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 something that we take very seriously. I think that's the best way I can I can say it is that it's not something we're like, oh yeah, okay, he's good. You right, know, yeah. this is something we we just put lot. the put the highest ranked prospect there. We'll just call it a day. Right, no, it's not is, how it goes. Not as easy but there to is a balance there. Yes, is yeah. he a good enough recruit that it makes up maybe for his lack of production, or does his production right. make up for the fact that he doesn't maybe have as good as yeah. uh, offer sheet as a guy who may be rated right? I'll give higher you, than him. I'll give you an example of one one guy that I think is was an interesting case last year um, is Baylor Cup. Okay, the yep. tight end from Brock. This is a guy who plays in an offense that just plain and simple, they didn't throw in the ball much. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's a team that runs the ball a whole lot. Now, he got his, but that's a guy that, because of the stuff you saw at camps and the stuff that you saw, um, you know, the, the stuff you did see on the field, obviously you were like, no, this guy projects really well at the next level. It's just that the style of offense he plays in right now is not going to lead to an 80-catch year. And you um, had a very good tight end to rival him last right. year in Austin Stogner, who— exactly. Was who, a completely different who, style of tight end. did have the, the, those, yeah, the, right. those kind of numbers. So, I don't know. All I'm saying is that this is not something that we throw out there willy-nilly. This is something that a lot of people think a lot of time about. And uh, and, and so we, we balance a lot of different things in the super team. Second question is yeah. from our man Phil Vaney down in Houston. Uh, he has a specific question, but I think it's a good one in general. He asks, uh, what's Coach Bernathy at Dobie doing that has increased recruiting traffic? And I think the question hmm. more is, what can coaches do when you see recruiting traffic increase to a certain school powers? What are the reasons? Well, first off, I want to preface this with a, a lot of the coaches are doing a great job by making sure that we know about the recruiting traffic mm -hmm. that's coming through their high school this year via straight line recruiting uh, and the efforts through the through hashtag SLR. So mm -hmm. I think we're seeing a lot more of that. So to people who have been following it for years and years. I think that you're, you say, well, a lot more schools are coming through my high school this year because you actually know mm -hmm. now they're, they're making you aware of the fact that these, these coaches are coming through. Uh, but they got prospects. I think we have – hang on one they second. They got Hale, the, the, the running back I know is, is, who, was, who was really talented as a, as a junior last year or sophomore last year. Um, Jason Brooks, big offensive lineman, nearly 300 pounds. We've got seven recruits in our next-level athlete system right now who project to be an FBS type of play yeah so that's gonna that's, that's, that's gonna, gonna get people <laughs> but to your point i think there's it, there's there's a hand in glove type situation too that yes absolutely coaches are you're seeing more coaches tweet out pictures with these with these guys right. be like hey uh you know great of so-and-so to stop by you know hashtag straight line recruiting but you're also seeing those assistant coaches who are saying hey gonna be in the houston area gonna stop by Dobie, gonna stop by katie gonna stop by you know north shore um they're, you know, these assistants and these guys who are out there on the recruiting trail looking for guys right. are also being more vocal, and you're seeing those things. I think we were, we were marveling at, at some, uh, I don't remember who it was, but they put out some, like, uh, it was Western Michigan, I think. Western it's, Michigan had, like, a yeah. graphic. It was like, Central Michigan. Yeah, Central Michigan. It, was, it had, like, a passport. Passport for all the places they were going right. to Yeah, Texas. it would be like, be like, hey, yeah. Texas, going to Houston, stuff like that. Like, those kinds of graphics catch your catch your eye, mm -hmm. and it's, 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 there's just a little bit more. It's one of those things that... I don't know that there's more traffic, 
there probably is because they have more players right. than they normally do, pro- they more do. prospects. But also, you just know more about it as well. Yeah. Who who was the member that asked the question, Max? Oh, that's Phil Vaney. Yeah. Phil, so he's down. He's down at Shadow Creek. Phil, yeah. you got Darius Hale, two hundred eight pound running back. Ballard, who's a six mm-hmm. two wide receiver. You've got a guy with offers uh, at offensive guard that's six three two sixty five. Yeah. And you got a six four two hundred eighty. Uh, offensive lineman playing on the same line. So there's a a good reason for coaches to stop by. There will be some traffic. He's Greg Powers of Next Level Athlete. Follow him on Twitter at GPowersScout and follow Next Level Athlete on Twitter at NextLevelD1. Powers, uh, next week we will do this show. It will be two days before we send a press, and I will be a madman. So I'm excited about it. So just keep me posted. If you guys need to do it on a different day or uh, cancel, just let me know. Ah, It's going to be great. There goes Powers. We are at Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. Talking football on a Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. All right. I've got a little bit of breaking news here for Uh-oh. you. Uh-oh. Okay. A little bit of breaking news. Last week, we told you a date for the cover reveal. Yeah. That, that cover reveal has been moved. Yep. We're never doing a cover. <laughs> no, mark your calendars. Monday, June third. Yep. Monday, June third. Yep. Here on this program, we will reveal the 2019 cover of Dave Campbell's Texas Football exclusively here on this show. If you want to see who's on the cover of the 60th edition, summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, you can find out here on June third. Now. One other small thing. Mm. Let's say you want to get your magazine as early as possible. You want it mailed directly to you before it hits newsstands. You want it early. You want your magazine. You need to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider by June 4th. By Tuesday, June 4th, you need to be a subscriber because I'll... I'll pull back the curtain. We have a list we have to send to the printer. The printer, uh, we have to send that list on June 4th. If your name is on that list, it will be mailed directly from the printer. If it's not on that list on June 4th, we'll we'll see. We're we're still going to get it to you. We're still going to get you the magazine. But if you want your magazine early, you need to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider by June 4th. Uh, you get the, the summer edition early. You get the 2019 recruiting edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. You get a year's worth of exclusive online content. All for $19.95 for the first year. All of that for 20 buck for the first year. It makes a great gift as well for the football junkie in your life. Make them a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider by June 4th. <laughs> June 4th. Coverfield, June 3rd. We're going to hammer those home for the next few days. Max, Matt Stepp was out on the trail this week, the 7-on-7 trail. Caught up with a number of coaches, one of them relatively high profile. The head coach of the Southlake Carroll Dragons, Coach Riley Dodge. Obviously a fantastic first year for him at the helm of his alma mater. Uh, They're going all the way to the regional final before falling to Duncanville. Here is Matt Stepp's conversation with Southlake Carroll Coach Riley Dodge here on Texas Football Today. Matt Stepp, Dave Campbell's Texas football back here at the Grapevine 7-on-7 Seven Seven State Qualifying Tournament. Here with the head coach of the Southlake Carroll Dragons, Coach Riley Dodge. Uh, coach, uh, your kids are 1-0 today. Got a win over Prosper. I uh, know you're happy about that because uh, knowing you and a competitor you are, I guess uh, anytime the Dragons suit out, doesn't matter what, what, what's going on, you want to win, right? 
Yeah, it was good to come out here this morning and get a, and get a win. And that's the thing we're looking for seven on seven. We're going to do what we do on on Friday nights and see if that carries over seven on seven. We just want our kids to come out here and compete at a high level. And uh, I mean, you know, it's not real football. The big boys aren't here, and, and we all know they're they're the, they're the most important part of football. Yep. You know, uh, the, the skill guys get all the all the glory, but the, the big guys are the ones who make it happen. But I mean, I, there are because especially for you guys, there's a lot of translation because of you guys don't run a gimmick offense. You don't run a quote unquote junk scheme. You guys run your offense, your base offense, your base defense, and seven on seven. I'm sure for you guys, it's really valuable reps. No, it's huge for us. I mean, that's what we're trying to tell the kids. We're going to do what we do, and we're not going to recreate the wheel for 7-on-7. Seven seven. And a lot of guys do a great job and have the same mentality that we have. And for us, you know, if we come out here and win, that's awesome. But we're just we're out here to get better. All right, now uh, spring ball. Uh, you guys still going or did it wrap up already? We're done. we're done. We had our spring game on Wednesday. All right, now what, what were some of the biggest things you were looking to get out of the spring? And uh, were there any position battles you were looking to see win? And, and kind of overall, I guess the number one thing, you guys come out of it healthy. We came out of it healthy, and that's the whole, you know, talking to all my coaching buddies across the state and checking in on everybody. Did you stay healthy? Did you stay healthy? So we stayed healthy, and that was the main thing, getting in the summertime, and hopefully we can uh, uh, slingshot into a great summer. But, yeah, we um, there was obviously question marks that we had going into spring that we felt like we got answered. Um, I think the biggest thing during the spring is we're trying to find depth. And uh, going into spring, you, you know that you have certain returners coming back, and, you know, where can we find that depth? And I felt like we did a good job of finding that. Now, this is your sec you're heading into your second year. I imagine uh, things are moving a little bit more. Sl I guess it's almost like when you when you when you were playing yeah. and you, you you come in as a sophomore and everything's going a million miles per hour. Then you go into your second year and things have slowed down. Kind of everything is kind of you, you got a good pace about you. Sure. Is the same for coaching for you as, as a coach? I mean, are things moving a little slower for you now? It is. You know. Was able to retain the entire staff, which was huge. Um, we got an amazing staff, and everybody's on the same page. And it was our first full off season as an entire group, so that was that was big for us as a program. Uh, kind of putting our stamp on what we wanted to do off season wise, and um, yeah, I mean everything's really slowed down, kind of getting the lay of the land. The kids are more familiar with what we're doing offensively and defensively, and uh, just culture wise. And kids kind of they, they respond to that stability, right? Now that things are kind of sure. that they, they seem, you know, when kids know where they're supposed to be and when they're supposed to be, it seems to always just things go smooth, right? Yeah. It runs a lot smoother yeah. when everybody everybody's on the same page. And our kids did an amazing job of retention from the fall uh, to the spring, and uh, had an amazing off season, and um, hopefully we can, uh, carry on to a great summer. And just you know, you're, you're setting the bar pretty high for yourself. You went 13 and one last year. I guess that's. 13 and one every. I mean, you're, gonna, you're setting the bar pretty high, so I know that was that was a great year. Now, the final question for you: uh, We all know your dad uh, done a great job at, uh, many stops around the state of Texas. He's he's won a few games in his past. So that obviously he's influenced you. But uh, who is another coach that's influenced you to help to get you get you to where you are today? Yeah, there's a lot. Hey, guys I've worked with, um, guys that've been part of my dad's staffs. Uh, Jerry Stanford at Texas High, um, worked with him and Marcus, worked for him and Marcus, and he's a guy that I lean on quite a bit. We had a lot of conversations, Todd Ford at Lovejoy, Bill Poe at Northwest, um, Clayton George, offense coordinator at Lovejoy, and there's many more, Doug Stevens at Rowlett, um, guys that I've been around um, been around my whole life, and the guys I can really lean on, just very thankful for those, those relationships. Co coaching is one of those professions, it's, it's unique because you can pick up a phone and call a guy that you could play next week yeah. and ask him a question and he more than likely, he might not help you that week, but you know, he'll he'll help you. I mean, and mo most times it's, it's a unique profession, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You know, a great example of that is Terry Gamble. Um, Coach Gamble, I've known Cody, his son, for a long time, and uh, I picked up the phone this week and called Coach Gamble about something, and he was uh, eager to help me out. And, uh, you know, obviously a 6A opponent that we don't see in the regular season, maybe see in the playoffs, but very selfless and pick up the phone and uh, answer some questions for me. 
Well, Coach, appreciate your time. Uh, enjoy watching your kids compete today. Congrats on a great 2018 season, and uh, good luck in 2019. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. There he is, Riley Dodge, the head coach of the South Lake Carroll Dragons. Appreciate him catching up with Matt Stepp at the Grapevine State Qualifying Tournament this weekend for 7-on-7. Seven seven. Great year for them. Uh, be an interesting year for them this year. number of key pieces to replace, most notably uh, TJ McDaniel, their running back, but... Uh, going to be very interesting. Carroll doesn't have bad years. So. Yeah, I was about to say. I'm yeah. not uh, super worried. Yeah, I'm not super worried. But it'll no. just be a different team. It'll be interesting. Yep. Uh, another guy that Matt Stepp caught up with at the Grapevine State Qualifying Tournament is Rudy Rangel, the head coach of the Colony, a team that went 9-1 and last year and ended up bowing out in the first round of the playoffs in a heartbreaker to Mansfield-Timberview. They've got ice set on a district championship, uh, challenging uh, Frisco Lone Star in that district uh, 5-5A Division One. Here is Matt Stepp's conversation with Rudy Rangel of the Colony here on Texas Football Today. Matt Step, Dave Campbell's Texas Football. I here at the Grapevine Seven on Seven Tournament here with the head coach of the Colony Cougars, Coach Rudy Rangel. Coach, uh, your kids are about to get going here this afternoon. Uh, appreciate you taking a few minutes to chat with us. Yeah, we're pretty excited, man. Um, it's always a blessing to get out here and throw the ball around, work on a couple of things, and just try to get better. I mean, I guess the, the best thing is, you know, you know what your kids are doing today. They're, they're throwing and catching and running around, not playing a Fortnite or anything. So that's always a good thing, right? Oh, yeah, that uh, 6.15 wake-up call for those guys, I'm, I'm not sure they were too excited about it, but uh, this group is a football junkie group for me, and, and uh, they, they want to play as much as they possibly can. I mean, whether it's jumping a fence at 10 o'clock at night or playing in the morning, it's a just pretty pretty special group for me. That's a, that's a good problem to have, right, yes, to, to keep them off the field, right? Absolutely. That's always a blessing when you're having to – to get phone calls that there's a bunch of kids on the field. That's a blessing. Now, Coach, uh, last year you guys uh, took, took took home the district championship. I know the playoffs didn't, didn't kind of go as well as you'd like, but you, you bring back a, a veteran group. Uh, when you're coming off of a, a – when you have a veteran group coming off a playoff loss like that, uh, every coach kind of has a different philosophy. Is your philosophy more um, kind of use that game as motivation in offseason, or is it one of those things that you just watch the film, try to learn from it, and just flush it? No, no, you absolutely use anything you can to motivate your kids to do better, um, work harder, do things. Uh, that was a really, really gut-wrenching loss um, to end our season. I thought we were going to have a chance to play for a couple more rounds. But, yeah, those that uh, the whole theme and the motive was literally, literally happened the, the, you know two days after that. All the kids are back at the school ready to go. We knew the mistakes we made. Um, you know, my, my leadership in that senior class uh, within three days was already talking about us becoming the storm and not reacting to other people. And so that's been our, our motivation philosophy all during offseason. All right. Now, did you guys do spring ball? Absolutely. Finished on Thursday. Okay. And uh, hopefully everybody came out of that healthy. Uh, and uh, what was the biggest thing that you wanted to get out of spring ball this this, this year? What, what were some of the battles you were looking to see one and, and kind of what was the biggest thing you wanted to take from spring practice? Yeah, we, um, you know, number one, you always want to stay healthy. You know that. And every coach in the state is going to say the same thing on that. And, and I'm a very big uh, proponent of just being healthy. Um, offensive line-wise and uh, safety-wise, we have some young kids playing, some young groups. So we wanted to make sure those groups um, grew, got better, got a lot of work in. I'm extremely excited about how those groups progressed during spring receiving core um, with the number of skill we had back on both sides of the ball on the defensive line where we knew we were going to have a really uh, a special group going for the next couple of years in those areas but that offensive line and safety group was an area of concern it was addressed and I feel pretty good about it now 
Well, I mean, because ultimately you got you have great skill players, right? But your your person your team's personality is still being physical and running the ball. So I know the offensive line is going to be a key for you guys. Yeah, we always want to we always want to dot that I. We always want to have some personnel that gives people some some hard times with you know eleven and twelve. We even use some three tight end personnel. So we're always going to have that identity in the colony. We've been doing it for fourteen years the same way. Um, we did actually go you know we're we're fifty fifty for the first time in my career last year throwing and running because of the skill. So you know we'll look to do the same thing, get our kids in space. Um, we have some electric kids, uh, you know, to every position offensively. So we're going to do some things to make sure we're creative, um, get them in space, and, and do what we do well with the kids that we've got. All right, final question for you, Coach. Now, uh, coaches, you guys are, uh, I've said this before, you guys are the biggest thieves in the world. You, you take a little bit from everybody you've worked for, and, oh, and, and you're kind of a mishmash of all your mentors. Who are some of the guys uh, that influenced you along the way as you were a young coach uh, to get to the point that you are today? Oh, yeah, great question. Yeah, so, you know, we, we're blessed in the colony where uh, – uh, we're able to go visit campuses. We visit an out-of-state college and an in-state college every single year with one of my two staff. So I, I get there, and the first thing I do is start looking at things and taking pictures and stealing and robbing and the whole nine yards as far as ideas. Um, and the, as far as head coaches, I came in under Marty Criswell uh, at Bryan High, and he's a Hall of Fame coach. And, and still, to this day, contacts me and emails me and talks to me about our football team. But I learned so much from that guy um, as, a, as a student teacher. Uh, my first job and then even now man I have a question or a problem or a concern I love to call Marty and then you know even in my own district there's so many good coaches you know Brian Brazel for instance is a guy we went to the same high school nobody knows that but we both went to Sam Rayburn High School in Pasadena oh, Pasadena yeah Pasadena Texas so uh, he was years before me so I heard about him before I even was a high school he's kind of a legend down there isn't he you think yeah he's he's a pretty big deal um, and so anyway uh, he's a guy that I reference a lot you know just guys in our district are so strong just at LISD so have you asked his mustache any questions I know he doesn't have the mustache anymore. That, that thing has a life of its own, doesn't it? That thing literally needs to be its own its own subplot. But right now, if you haven't seen him, which you, you may see, I think he's playing on the other side. Yeah. He looks great. He lost about, I don't know, he's 25, 30 pounds. I don't yeah. recognize him right now, but, yeah, he's a good dude. So, Coach, appreciate your time. Enjoy watching your kids compete today. and Appreciate what you do for student-athletes in the state of Texas. Thanks, brother. God bless, man. Appreciate you. There he is, Rudy Rangel, the head coach of the Colony. Um, he mentioned... Um, on his questionnaire, I'll just give you a little bit of. Oh man! He, he thinks this is going to be the best group of skill players the colony's ever had. Nice. Uh, he's really, really bullish on what they're going to be able to do um, from the skill position spot. Because when you think of the colony and maybe it's just kind of the style of offense they run, but you think of like um, more bruising, more lumbering type guy, like teams that that just kind of beat you down. Um, if they got some skill position guys, then, then they could certainly challenge in uh, Frisco Lone Star. You know, the, I think Frisco Lone Star is going to start the year as the favorite in District in District Five. I think they have to, um, even though the Colony beat Lone Star last year. But um, it's going to be back and forth between those two, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch there in District Five Five A Division One. Appreciate Coach Rangel catching up with Matt Step. Boy, we have gone long today. Yeah. That's all right, though. Now we go to Max Thompson yeah. for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts. I really just want to call out Terry Adams for being a hater. She was critiquing the tape of one of those prospects, and it's funny, but wrong. What a hater. What a hater. That's it. It's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Be kind to people. <laughs> Terry. For Max Thompson and Greg Powers, I'm Greg Tupper. Vince Young, please can get your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.